Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome back. Hey, peeps. Well, today we have a special guest, someone that um, I met through Asa, I believe, and I, uh, Michelle reached out to me and I was looking through some of the things that she wanted to talk about today. And I was like, that fits right into our podcast um, categories. So Michelle Lazurek is a multi-genre award-winning author, a speaker, a literary agent, and certified writing coach. And she has a new book that is coming out March 1st called I Surrender All, sort of, laying down our agenda so God can do the important, uh, can do the impossible. So that title right there just caught me. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's us. Darn, yeah. <laughs> Like kind of, sort of, not really. She's my person. She's my person. She's she's it. So um, she is a type A personality, which I was saying Rhonda is the same way. And and so I always love listening to type A personalities because I'm like, huh, should I be doing that or should I? Because we just been in circles. And it has to be perfect. Um, so there was a couple of things. Um, thank you so much for sending the draft of, of this book because I was looking through it and I just kind of wanted to pull some little pull quotes from it because I just really thought this is something that our viewers would love to listen to and talk about is one of the things that stuck out, as you said, surrender stinks, <laughs> which I would have substituted that word for another S word. <laughs> um, and then, she's kind of a Christian. <laughs> I'm a rebellious Christian. Um, and then another thing that pulled out from me was you said, God reveals his power in and through us when we fail. Oh, it was so good. So Michelle, welcome. Thank you. To the podcast today, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but first of all, I, I guess I just want to start with um, what gave you this um, idea for this book, and I know you told us a little bit, like 2020, man, <laughs> came in, and so tell us a little bit about what, what happened during that time and um, how this book got started. So God had put this particular subject under my heart probably in uh, t- probably 2019 uh, was when he started putting in my heart. So whenever I feel like I have an idea for him, I try to do my best to put together a proposal. And um, you know, if I'm attending a writer's conference, I'll certainly pitch it and see how things go. And this was going nowhere. So I thought, okay, you know, maybe I heard from God wrong, or maybe you know, I'll just kind of put it on my desktop and, and leave it there and see what God does. And so 2020 hit, and that was one of the top, toughest years of my life. And then not just because of COVID. I know it's tough for a lot of people because of that. Um, but that was not the only reason why 2020 was a tough, tough year for me. Um, I have uh, struggled with anxiety since I was a kid. 
and uh, being a type A personality, those things kind of kick in a little probably earlier than people who are procrastinators because we just worry a little bit more. And so um, I'd had a lot of things just thrown at me, a lot of personal tension, um, deadlines that were looming. And I normally was able to keep my stress at bay. I was, I had learned from a kid to know how to handle my anxiety enough to where I could cope with it. But all these things started happening to me all at once. And it just was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, if you were. Like I started having panic attacks and I would have them uh, in waves. And uh, when you get to the point where you feel like you're panicked all the time, it's like I was liking it to the staples button that that, you know, that that was easy, that big red button. And it says that was easy. And it, somebody keeps pushing a button and I can't get it to stop. And so when you're at, when my anxiety was at its worst, um, I felt like it's, it's like when, uh, you know, you're coming around a, a corner and someone scares you and says, boo, you know, you get that little, <gasps> that little scare. Well, that was happening to me over and over and over again to the point where I was never calm. And so it, it had, so I started, um, going to professionals and, uh, with the help of psychiatrists and proper medication, um, I was able to handle it, but that was a really, really long journey, um, for me. And when you are at that panic state, you are not in control of anything. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in your life that doesn't get impacted. There's nothing in your, in your life that anxiety does not touch. And so it was all, I, there were moments in that year when I would literally stare, be laying in bed and I'd be staring at the ceiling and thinking to myself, where, what the heck is going on? Like, what in the world is this? And you can't function normally when you're in that highly, highly anxious state. And so, um, that really threw me for a loop and I had to learn probably the biggest thing that I didn't want to surrender, which was control. And I had to have people help me you know, in certain areas, I really, hand to God, I really thought my writing ministry was over. I thought when I, when I was in the height of it, I'm like, I'll never get better from this. God is done with me. I have nothing more to share. Um, and then as I kind of pushed through that, um, that hard time and was able to get some medication and things, I started having hope again that, okay, maybe, maybe God isn't done yet. And maybe this is a subject that's for more people than just me. But I think what's, what's neat for me in my writing is that I always try to write about books that I know. I always try to write what I know because it's the most authentic part of myself. And so I knew God was going to ask me to write about this. Um, and so I took my time to heal and, you know, and get in a good spot. And then I started to write. So he had it on my heart in probably 2018, 2019. And now it's just coming to fruition now where we're still in a, a pandemic world and people are still mm -hmm. feeling like things are out of control in their lives and mental health is on the rise. Um, this, I understand now why God did not want that to move two years ago and yeah. that why in his sovereignty now, um, this book is being released, uh, you know, next month or uh, month or two, because I think it's so timely for everybody. And, yeah, and I, I think the pandemic just caused it to be exasperated. Like it all of a sudden, like people who never suffered from panic attacks. I mean, of course, as an A-type, I was the same way. Like I would be able to kind of control it. And then it got to this point where I just, it would just, it was bubbling. And I actually had a really bad panic attack in 2019, which scared me okay. to death. It was right before the pandemic. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, it was just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, why am I feeling this way? And it was that sense of no control. And I think everybody has been feeling that way, whether you are an A-type or not, you could be the most laid back person but this pandemic has rocked people's world. <laughs> Agreed. 
Yeah, it's like I said, it's so hard. And I think for, you know, like you said, like type A people for us, control is like, that's our coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. That's how when things are feeling like we can't control the outcome, we want to hold on to things so much more dearly. And so that's why the book is titled, I Surrender All Sort Of. And um, I, we had, it was one of the first churches um, uh, that my husband and I were pastoring and uh, we were at worship team. Um, we're getting ready to be done. And we sang, we were practicing this, the hymn, I Surrender All. And the gentleman who had the bass guitar just put it down. And he kind of laughed and he said, well, that's not really true, is it? And I remember us thinking, we kind of looked at each other and said, what do you mean? He said, well, we surrender some, but do mm. we really surrender all? And I remember that really hit me. It's like, yeah, we sing these wonderful hymns in church. And then we go home and we we don't give God our chi- our kids that are wayward. We don't give God our finances at the point of bankruptcy. We don't give the Lord our health. We want to hold yeah. those things dearly because we want things to go our way. Yeah. So when we have to, what we have to do is literally lay down our stuff in order to really have God move and work um, on our behalf. And so the the book uh, really focuses on um, Exodus 14. Um, and that's when the uh, Israelites are there. They're being surrounded. Um, they basically blame Moses, you know, why'd you bring us here? We're going to die. And he says, you know, stand, stand firm and watch uh, the Lord deliver you. He said, um, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And they actually do something incredibly counterintuitive, which is lay down their weapons. Like you're surrounded by all these enemies and God is asking you through Moses to lay your stuff down. Like who in their right mind would want to lay down a weapon that they could at least use to protect themselves. But it's only when they lay down their stuff and you look through the rest of the text and he did this miraculous stuff Mm -hmm. all by letting him being still laying down their weapons and letting God take charge. And so that has been a concept that I'm really trying to work through. It's difficult, but I know that's what God is asking me. And it's probably asking a lot of us, uh, especially in this this pandemic world that we live in, there's nothing that's steady except for Jesus. There really isn't. Like you could lose your job in a second, your health could go, your finances could go. Um, I think that's been a powerful lesson that we've all learned during this Mm -hmm. pandemic is nothing is for certain. You know, know, there may come a day a few years from now where we're not allowed to worship in church buildings anymore. We're not allowed. We might become house churches. Like, how do we know? Like, I think for me, the pandemic taught us that anything can go in a second mm-hmm. and that yeah. we literally can be, you know, when I see people with their masks on and I feel it too, when I'm wearing it, that what, what happens to us as Christians when the time comes for that, he's trying to silence us. The enemy's trying to silence us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then? And I think we've well, all been through this umbrella of well, we'll just take the mask and, and, you know, we'll wear them and we're protecting ourselves and others. And that's all great. But what happens when you try to talk to someone who has another mask on, can you hear them? Well, Mm-hmm. I certainly and you can't see amazing. their smile. You don't get to see their heart. And yeah, yeah when you say laying your weapon down, weapons down too for, for this time, I think what he's saying is lay your possessions down. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what people read that and they go, okay, yeah, that's, that's a great story. Like you part of the Red Sea, like all that stuff, but it, it's like, that is significant to the, these times and we mm-hmm. are possessions down because people are losing a lot of things. And we are going into grocery stores where the the shelves are not full anymore. We took so many things for granted. And it's like, so, so what do you have when those possessions are gone? If you don't fall on God's hope. Right. Yeah. Idols. I mean, I think that it, it comes back to idols. And I know that last year for me, one of the words God gave me was no more idols. And that meant a lot of surrender in my own life, which is hilarious that we're talking today because 
I feel like it's such on the right path because if, until we can fully surrender to God, until we can finally say like, this is not mine, we can't even live in joy or fulfillment. We just, we can't, but that it's hard. It's not like, it's not something that you have to, that you can't work on. I think it's a daily, like, you don't just be like, well, I'm healed. I'm sure from your perspective, you wrote a book on surrender kind of, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, every day, I'm sure you have to make it a practice to, to practice that because it's not like every day we wake up and we're like, well, you're healed. No problem. We surrender everything. We're not going to ever worry again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. Like, I think, yeah, we definitely have kept a lot of things for granted, took a lot of things for granted in this country and as Christians too, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, I think we always kind of thought that we would have the moral majority and we could be able to speak and, and do as we please. But I mean, the, the news headlines are telling us not anymore. And we have to learn, we have to learn what's important. We need to learn to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the things that are, uh, you know, that Jesus has on his heart are the things that we have to have in our hearts too. Um, yeah. because that is the ultimate kingdom work as far as I'm concerned is, is, um, yeah. the living and, and what I have, tried to do in the book as well as kind of dissect what surrender meant. And for me, it always meant, well, just do nothing. And then sometimes that's the case, but other times it's, it's actually living with a purpose and surrendering the things, the extra stuff that I don't really need in my life. So there's kind of like this catch 22 of where you don't have to do anything, but at the same time, the things that you do have to do are, should be done with purpose and with, you know, mm-hmm. kingdom mind, with kingdom in mind. Um, so that is really a real uh, neat learning curve for me too, to learn what exactly does that mean? Because I don't do rest well. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I love work. I love what I do. Um, but there are times when, and especially since the whole anxiety situation has occurred, I've really had to learn that it's okay to rest, that I need to take time off um, when necessary. I don't need to, uh, it's not, so most of the things that I have to do could be put off if I need to. Um, so I had to learn to put myself, my emotional state, first, um, in my life before, um, there's always things, there's always yeah. things to say yes to, um, but I had to learn how to just lay it down. And if there's moments, even when, the, when an opportunity looks so enticing and, and dreamlike of what I'd want it to be, I start times when I still have to say no, because if I'm feeling that overwhelmed feeling or that anxious feeling, I have to think about myself. I have to think about my husband, mm-hmm. about my kids and how that impacts them. So, um, you know, so this has been a real learning curve and I, I love that I got always, asked me to write about things that I've lived and experienced because it's what I bring to the table as a writer is authenticity and rawness and honesty to uh, whatever subject is, is being taught. So when you were saying um, to take care of yourself, I, I was talking to somebody the other day whose husband has been struggling with anxiety. And as I was speaking to her, I just kept thinking of when you're in an airplane and they say, if the oxygen drops, you know, take care of yourself first. And I was reminding her that like she needed to take care of herself mm-hmm. first. Not that he's not of a concern to her, but she was so worried about him that she wasn't, she was neglecting like her own self-care. Yeah. And I was like, just go back to kind of doing your self-care, you know, even just if it's just getting to the gym or taking a bath or whatever that little step is so that you can have the mental capacity to help your husband, your children, you know, whoever you're helping. Um, but yeah, that just kind of resonated with me is that, you know, when we're in an airplane, they tell us to take care of ourselves first, but we can't even do that in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of the things that you had too in the book is utilizing practical tips and strategies. Um, so what do those look like for people and to surrender in their everyday life? 
Um, I think, I think it starts off with prayer and I know that sounds really simplistic, but uh, there is power in just sitting in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me, it's easy to just take up all the, all the time with me jabbering about whatever I need or want. And and the Lord loves that. He delights in that too. But um, there are times when I've practiced silence and solitude for an hour. And those moments, I feel like a brand new person when I'm done, because I just need to stop and close my mouth and open my ears so I can hear what God's saying uh, to me. Does he always speak during those times? No, but um, the times he does are just incredibly intimate and wonderful. Um, and I feel so much closer to God when I, I have those moments. So I would say probably prayer is the number one thing um, that people can do if they're really struggling is, um, you know, take that. If you have never practiced uh, silence or solitude, they're such, they're such important disciplines that often we get neglected. Um, we need adequate rest, our bodies need rest, but we also need to, you know, take a moment to just take a, an emotional assessment, if you will, and, and find out are there things that uh, you can give over to God and just allow him to work. Um, in that space. So I would say, yeah, um, I would also say journaling um, is a huge practice as well. And ironically, as a writer, I do it well, which is so funny. I hate journaling. I don't know why, maybe because I write the day and maybe I don't want to write at night. I don't know. But um, I've never done it well, but I do know in the moments when I have, it really has helped me not only work out in a cathartic way, the things that are in my life that are troubling me, but then I can also look back and see what God did in the midst of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I have that that moment where I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I was really struggling with this particular thing. And it's now been a year and God took care of that thing tenfold from what I thought he would. Oh, Again, that's giving God testimony to um, to who he is and what he does. And um, one other thing that uh, I learned um, is mindfulness. And mindfulness often gets caught up as a new age concept, uh, but it, it actually isn't. It's mindfulness is actually just being present in the moment. And I think we live in a world where screens want to interrupt that, whether that's your phone, whether that's your TV, um, the screen always wants to take um, your time away from uh, away from you and focus on something else. And uh, mindfulness lets us just kind of put our horse blinders on and just kind of look and say, what do I have to do today? And I can't worry because I'm a worrier because I'm anxious, right? So I always look at whatever the vision, well, what's 10 days from now, if I make this choice, what does that mean for long-term? And the Lord just had to teach me there are moments when it's, it's okay not to know everything. And I think that was an important statement for me that I literally had to uh, put on my mirror and and remind myself every day. It's okay not to know everything because when I'm in that anxiety disorder, I have no, like when I'm having at my worst a panic attack, um, I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if the medication is going to work. I don't know if I can get in to see the doctor to talk to him about this. None of that is set in stone. And so I have to be present just in this moment right now. What can I do right now? It's yeah. going to help that. Um, and there's, I think there's no better way when you're in that moment is, is through Christian meditation. And that's, again, a lot of times people think that's a new age concept. Um, but no, I mean, uh, Scripture does tell us that we're supposed to meditate on the law day and night. Mm-hmm. And so the difference between new age meditation and Christian meditation is uh, new age meditation makes you um, blank out, dump everything out of your clear mind of anything. Um, and then just, you know, you can either pray or do whatever, but that gives Satan a, uh, an opportunity to come in and mm-hmm. give you thoughts that are yeah. not God. Christian meditation is different in that you are focused and ready to meditate on the word. And the meditation on the word is what's going to help us get through the day. So if there's one scripture or five scriptures that have come out to me, if I'm reading my Bible 
I try to write them down. And then those are things I have to repeat to myself. And that's how I meditate on the law is meditating on the truth of God's word. And I don't let, I, I don't blank out to the point where Satan can come in and give me a thought that's not him. But I know because I'm being focused on the word that that's where my focus needs to be. Um, and so those things have really helped. And like I said, it's just, it might be a statement, just like what I said, it's okay not to know everything. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Um, you know, or I've overcome the, you know, take heart, I've overcome the world or whatever it is. And that really does help me too when I'm in that, that moment where everything just seems like out of control is that that really helps focus me. And um, if I can do that, even just for five minutes or write it down in the journal yeah, and just say, you know, it's okay not to be okay or whatever. And there's so many great meditation apps out there, Christian meditation apps. I know that I use one called Alabaster and they sent me one ironically on stress this week. And I was cracking up because I'm like, okay, God, like, I guess, I guess you needed, you knew I needed that one and it was stress and worry. and And I, so I've been really trying to be good about taking, it's about five minutes long and I'll just go into the corner chair in my office And I'll sit there for, and it's hard. It is hard to sit there for five minutes and meditate. We are so used to being busy. But when you were talking, I was like, yes. I mean, that is something I've had to learn to do is to take time out to meditate because otherwise my mind will start spinning. And I'm like you, I'm in next month, next year, five years from now. (laughs) Wrote out your whole life. Exactly. Exactly how it's supposed to be. And it never ends up that way. I don't know what's going on. Best laid plans. Oh my gosh. So how um, can people get a hold of you if they would like to get a copy of the book or um, do you, do you do any kind of coaching or anything like that? Yep. Um, on my website, michellezerk.com, um, I have my uh, services that I offer and I offer a myriad of things, whether it's just coaching to get a person who has a project um, out there. Um, but I do also offer editing services and ghostwriting and co-writing um, opportunities as well. Um, so they can find me there. You can also find the book there. Um, and it's also be sold on Amazon and, uh, barnesandnoble.com. So anywhere, uh, that you can find books more than likely you can find that. You can also go on the website of the publisher, which is elklakepublishinginc.com. Awesome. And do you have social media handles that we can follow? Yeah. Oh yep. yeah. Yep. yep. I'm on Facebook. Uh, Twitter is at, uh, MS Lazuric and Instagram is Michelle L speaks. Okay. We'll have all that in the show notes as well. So that, you know, you can make sure to just link to that. Right. And then I have one question for you that we like to ask our guests. We haven't asked this in a while. We haven't asked it in a while. I think you're the first one of January. You are the first one of 2022. All right, here we go. So the question is, what would you tell your 22 year old self? Oh gosh. Um, I would tell my 22 year old self. Uh, Don't sweat the small stuff. (laughs) Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, it's going to get better Uh and, um, I would say go for, go for your dreams. Um, all God's obedience step-by-step and he'll never lead you wrong. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. 24 Carat Tribe. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Um, Go to our Instagram page. You can join us there. We're putting content there on a regular basis. And until next time, sparkle on. Bye, peeps. Bye.